Second Kings is rough. In the same way that Judges is rough, even though you have bits of light throughout it. But there is no Ruth to come alongside Second Kings and <laughs> make it easier. You have Elijah at the beginning, and there's this wild story of all these soldiers attempting to leverage his power as they esteem it, which, of course, he knows it's not his power. There's Elisha, who follows Elijah, um, slightly less fiery of a prophet, but still a pretty interesting fellow. Throughout the book, they're the sons of the prophets, which, if I had, you know, kind of a wish list for the Old Testament, in addition to wanting to know who the Nephilim are from Genesis chapter 6, I'd love to know more about the sons of the prophets. There's an absolutely hilarious scene where Saul, the first king of Israel, encounters the sons of the prophets. Anyway, throughout the book of 2 Kings, there's a lot of horrific stuff. There's a lot of idolatry and immorality, which always meant violence and oppression and horrific acts. It did not simply mean they were just worshiping differently. And then there are these speckles of humility throughout the book. Elijah is humble until he leaves the earth in a masterfully drawn scene. Elisha is humble, as are the sons of the prophets and one of their wives. And then there are these kings, Hezekiah and Josiah. We see the prophet Isaiah come in for a few minutes. Hezekiah is a beautiful story in the true beauty of the scriptures, and it says about him, In the third year of Hosea, son of Elah, king of Israel, Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, king of Judah, began to reign. Again, we're seeing both the northern kingdom, Israel, and the southern kingdom, Judah. He was 25 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Abi, the daughter of Zechariah, and he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, according to all that David his father had done. If you've read Second Kings, you know that's a very rare statement about any of the kings. Hezekiah removed the high places and broke the pillars and cut down the Asherah. And he broke in pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made. For until those days, the people of Israel had made offerings to it. It was called Nehushtan. He trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel, so that there was none like him among all the kings of Judah after him, nor among those who were before him. For he held fast to the Lord. He did not depart from following him, but kept the commandments that the Lord commanded Moses. And the Lord was with him wherever he went out. He prospered. He rebelled against the king of Assyria and would not serve him. He struck down the Philistines as far as Gaza and its territory from watchtower to a fortified city. Unfortunately, that's not the end of the story. We see both the exile of the northern kingdom in 2 Kings 17 and the exile of the southern kingdom of Judah, which happens throughout the last three chapters of the book, chapters 23 through 25, even though Josiah responded humbly. And if you go back to the first chapter of 2 Kings, when a king and these military men were attempting to leverage the power of God through Elijah, it's a very odd scene. And yet, the third group that comes acts humbly. It's sad to watch all that Elijah, Elijah and Elisha and the sons of the prophets have to do in the, in the land of Israel because there's so much violence and idolatry and violence. And yet, they continue to respond humbly. It's sad that Hezekiah and Josiah are such exceptions, and yet we can learn from them. 
And often the beginning of humility is remembering who we are. Elisha, Elijah, um, looks a lot like a New Testament character who is often called Elijah, and that's John the Baptist. And John the Baptist gave us one of the most basic statements about humility that we do well to remember. On its face, even in interactions where we wish we could do or be more, they came to him and asked him questions, and he said, I am not the Christ. And he said that for contextual and specific reasons that I'm not going to get into, but I am reminding you because Elijah is the dominant figure of 1 Kings, because his message dominates 2 Kings, I want to remind you the words of John the Baptist who Elijah came before as a type of one who reminds us of the gospel, which, among other things, teaches that we are not the Christ, which is really lovely news, because then we can humbly receive his love and then live in the light of his love as humble men and women before God. Second Kings is not encouraging, and yet we can notice the humility of the few characters throughout who love and honor the Lord. 